We are back. Bailey and Harper has returned and a very round number. 40, episode 40. Bailey and Harper, the production rolls on. Big night coming off a big weekend. A very big weekend ahead. Roman Harper, good evening, sir. I failed to mention Bailey and Harper after dark. What's up, buddy? Hey, uh, how you doing, boss? I know what's up with you right now. You're, you're simultaneously trying to podcast and finish a fantasy football draft. So the fantasy draft got pushed back to 11. It's cool, but I'm trying to send off this, uh, fire off this last text to my, uh, my producer no, I think this will be fun because, like, throughout the course of the next whatever, however many, many minutes this is, you can just sure. hop in with random draft notes. I will. It's going to be kind of hot. You yeah, know I what I like mean? That. I like that. It's so all right. Appreciate let's, that. Let's get the, uh, the clerical stuff out of the way, although this is honestly kind of the best part of the uh, podcast. Episode 40. This is uh, – I think I know where you're going, but I'll, I'll take the lead on this because you seem so sure of who the greatest number 40 is that I'm going to let it you have – It was easy. I'm going to let you have that then, but I'm going to go with uh, the rain man, Sean Kemp. Oh. You like that one? I do like Sean Kemp, but I thought Sean Kemp was like 30-something. He was 40. I'm thinking of KD at 35. That's oh, what it was. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Sean yeah. Kemp. Sean Kemp was 40. That's a great pick. The rain man, but Sean I, Kemp. I'm going, I'm going Gail Sayers. That was the one I thought you were going to go with. I mean, <laughs> from an NFL standpoint, who else are you going to pick? Number four. I mean, to me, it was immediately. As soon as you said four, I was like, oh, Gail Sayers. No, you didn't even have to look. You, I, I said, hey, it's 40. Who you got? Oh, there's only one person. Okay. <laughs> Well, I was like looking at mine. I was like, oh, he's going Gale Sayers. Yeah, that's that's what he's going to say. There's, that makes sense. Yes. It, I mean, he's the GOAT, man. Uh, he set the standard and the bar. He was the NFL running back bar. Honorable mentions, Bill Lambeer. Oh, yeah. Pistons. And I think he's that. done a hell of a job coaching, too. Oh, he's yeah, done WNBA. He's yeah, uh, become kind of a legend. In the exactly, WNBA. exactly. He's done a lot more for uh, the The Zeller brothers. How about that one? I mean – yeah, they're good in college. <laughs> and I like both of them. I like Cody. Well, actually, yeah, Cody, Luke, and Tyler all wore number 40 at some point. But, I uh, forgot that. I, yeah, buddy. Them, huh? That's number 40. So That's uh, like my family's number is like 41. It's kind of weird. Well, that's Not that's weird. coming up next. What I really want to talk about I know you do. Is, is what I have on the TV right now, which is the North Carolina-Virginia Tech game, the replay. And just I'm getting big timed on my own podcast, but it's fine. Because how we, big? Because we get to talk about this. I mean, how big was this that – you know, going on, I called you. I was just happy that you answered the phone. I couldn't believe you actually answered <laughs> you know, the phone. You know what's funny? Is I, I had my phone plugged in. So I was at the game in Blacksburg, uh -huh. Virginia Tech, North Carolina, for anybody who might not understand the context. And so, like I told you, I'm usually working in the stadium. So I'm usually in the press box. I go to a game. It's, you know, I'm not going as a fan most of the time. That night, I was a fan. You know, I was going back, right. I was right. going back home. And, of course, we're in the indoor suite. I've got the baby. Six-month-old mm -hmm. can't be out there for inner Sandman. So, you know, we're having a great time. And I'm, you know, for, I, I've been red wine drunk now twice in my life. Hey. One, the, the latest was at the game. So that was the best part. I know, and I know you don't drink, Kyle. You're like, I mean, you will have a I drink. but you drink, don't. Though. Yeah, you I don't drink. I rarely drink. So, by yeah. halftime, I was, and I, was like, I was like, Kyle, man, I know you don't drink, bro, but I'm so excited, man. He's like, bro, I'm. I'm two glasses, three glasses of wine in. You know I'm feeling. I'm like, bro. It's like, dude, you deserve this so much right now. At that point, I started praying and just hoping. And the game went down to the. It, it got a lot closer it was, because it's the Pucker Virginia factor Tech. Was high. Oh my gosh, the Virginia Pucker Tech factor was high. Yeah, and Virginia Tech could not score anymore. It was like, dude, just holding on. So but this is the adult thing that I did because I was drinking and my phone was low on battery. Uh -huh. I plugged it in on the opposite end of the indoor suite that I was in, and then went back to my seat. Because I didn't want to be drunk tweeting and, you know, messing with North Carolina fans. I just wanted to, you know, focus on the game and have a good time. I walked over to check my phone to see if it would charged enough while right when you called. So mm -hmm. I'm lucky that I even walked over there and I pick it up and I'm talking to you. So point being, like, I was pretty rowdy when you picked up. and We were having a good time. 
And the atmosphere. It night, looked electric it on TV. Unreal. unreal. You should have seen it during TV. Live action, Kyle. The, it was rocking. It was, it was like, man, this is Blacksburg. This is like what oh, people had seen in the past. Vintage. If you didn't, yeah. That's what I grew up on. It was a really great environment. Hats off to Virginia. And I told Tech, my wife. Sure. Because my, my wife, you know, is from New England, a part of the country where college football is not huge. And so when she came down and we met in grad school, she got a taste of what, you know, big Virginia, time, yeah, you know, yeah, what, yeah. what Power Five college football and a tailgate on a Saturday looks like. And so she's fallen in love with it, but she got there at a time where things were declining. And I've been telling her for years, I was like, eventually I'm going to be able to take you back home and let you see what it used to be like. Eventually they're going to figure it out, you know, and that place is going to resemble what it used to. And on Friday night, I, I mean, and I thought it'd be great. I didn't expect that. I mean, it was just unbelievable start to finish. And it was just incredible, man. Like the whole thing was awesome. Um, I, I, I've talked about it a lot on the air this week, but uh, – like, they expect to beat North Carolina. When I got there on Friday, I was talking to some of the guys in the program, and they were like, dude, Justin Fuente, or they said, Coach Fuente's been, been bouncing around here all weeks with a smile on his face. He loves this matchup. He thinks they're going to win this game. Like, really, th and that's not really his personality, but they were like, no, he's been very, very vocal and confident they're going to win this game. And they did. And, that, like, it was a vintage lunch pail defense, sack Sam Howell six times, make that place raucous, like, they went back to their roots. Remember when Corey Moore back in 99 when they went to the national championship game? Yeah. He's at that, that, that film where he says, Welcome to the Terror Dome. Well, they've finally gone back to that. There's now a tarp across, like above the end zone that says, Welcome to the Terror Dome, because that's what it used to be. <laughs> and so it felt like I walked back into me being 18 years old in Blacksburg during the Michael Vick, Tyrod Taylor, Brian Randall, you know, even a little bit of Logan Thomas, where that place was just a madhouse every single Saturday. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. It was I like, know, man, dude. Watching it on TV had me fired up. I was like a fan. I was really so rooting. Fun. And a lot of people were. Look, North Carolina, first of all, living here in Charlotte, I was so tired of hearing the overhype of North Carolina. You're going to get me started, aren't you? Uh, dude, I'm just, yes, Kyle, I am. Because this is ours. I have we no can beef, own this. I have no beef with Mac Brown whatsoever. I, I love Mac he's Brown. He's one of the best dudes. But like, I love Mac like, Brown. Your, your program history matters. And, and I say this all the time, not to be a smartass, but because it drives home the point. Mac Brown's next ACC title will be his first. He's never won the ACC. Even in his first go-round in North Carolina, where they were very good, he still hasn't won an ACC title. You know, North, I didn't know that. North Carolina, you know, again, it's like a culture thing in Blacksburg. They're 14-4 and four against North Carolina since joining the ACC. Justin Fuente's 5-1 and one against them. They expect to beat – they didn't care they were 10th ranked in the country. They expect to beat North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So they did. And I realize that, you know, talent, right, year, right, right. To, talent year to year matters. But, like, between that and, and that madhouse of a scene, dude, it was, it was crazy. But, like, it was, it was that way in a couple of places. Like, Camp Randall up in Wisconsin was awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. For that game against Penn State, like, that atmosphere was incredible. Um, like, the neutral site game that you were at, those were a little bit different. But, like, Clemson, Georgia, and Charlotte was that, – that was it's – like, so it's like they took Athens, Georgia, and Death Valley and just dropped them in the streets of Charlotte. It was incredible. But you know what it tells me, too, though, Kyle, what I saw? I saw a quarterback that's still very young. DJ? No. Oh, who are you talking about? I'm talking about Sam Howell. Oh, Sam Howell. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, yeah. No, I, I thought Virginia Head's quarterback played great. He had some moxie. He's not a. He's not a. I mean, he's a good. He's a decent college quarterback. Yeah. You know what sure. I mean? Well, he's a great athlete. Right. Kid, kid exactly. He he makes plays. He can fly. I mean, you know what I mean? His accuracy is not going to. His timing. It, it's he ain't not. He pick apart Georgia's defense. Right. <laughs> but but the combination of the two makes he him can make dangerous. plays. You right. know, and you know, Virginia Tech has had some other 
deficiencies. I mean, they their offense was so inconsistent. Oh, the second half was awful. It was like, oh my gosh! It was like they went into a shell, got way too conservative. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was. That, they should have been up twenty-one nothing at halftime. I agree. And I that, agree. I mean, you can't ever count Sam Howell out, I guess. But at the same time, like you just said, they're they're a little yes. overrated. So, they're so probably, I they're going to get better, but like they were never that good to start the season. Possibly so. Because just because somebody tells you you're the tenth best team in the team, you still right. haven't earned it yet. Right, exactly. Because every year builds its own team, its own character, takes its own shapes, and whatever, whatever, right? But saying all that to say that Sam Powell, Sam Howell looked like a, a a young quarterback that's not ready. Like you can't let that dude get drafted just yet. He still has to learn and grow. Sure. I just hate that we continue to push the next quarterback and. Who's even to say they're ready? They're not even in college for three years now, and then people were pushing them out, right? And that also may not allow some of these players to be successful at the highest level either if you try and get them there. Or I just I want us to really start to think about these things because um, some of these kids, I want them to really have long-lasting careers. Right. You look at what happened with, with Rosen, Josh Rosen. I mean, this dude's been in and out the league in like five years. Like, the more we continue to draft, the more these numbers will happen. Yes. You know what I mean? And we just got to be careful because I'm always a fan of the, the kid and the athlete. And I, I still like Sam Howell. Like I, I, I do, do too. And I said on Monday when I came in, like, yes, as a Virginia Tech alumnus, I'm very happy they won the game. I was rooting for them. But if I'm a GM, a scout, that game didn't really change my opinion of Sam Howell because he was under pressure all night. Like, he made a couple of bad decisions. But great quarterbacks have bad games too. But he got sacked six times. Seven if you count the cheerleader running him over. Um, but, like, he just – you know, even Tom Brady, 18-0, runs into the Giants. He's got pressure in his face all night. No quarterback's going to survive that. So, I mean, he's still a good player. And, I, I again, I just thought you, that – You're saying he's a top quarterback in – we're going to draft him top overall in the NFL draft? I mean, if we're being honest, though, Spencer Rattler did not look great over the weekend against Tulane. I mean, he's supposed to be the best quarterback in the draft. I just hate that – I just hate that – we have ranked these kids before they went out there and shown it. And it's based upon, you know, the quarterbacks automatically get pushed up. Oh, We're yeah. going into a whole nother tangent. Like, what, what, like why can't that. Matt Corral be – we'll come back to that. But like, Matt, right. Matt Corral could be just as good as any of these guys. The There's no doubt. So, yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. But, like, to put a fine point on that game in Blacksburg, it was cool to go home, cool to take, you know, my daughter to her very first game and she gets a top ten upset. She will not remember it. But, I mean, it was awesome. And, like, for the program – because I watched SportsCenter later that night. And Scott Van Pelt starts talking about it, you know, coming in, big upset. And he said, you know, for a very proud program, at some point we can't just keep talking about your entrance only to watch you lay an egg afterward. you got to start winning some of these games again. And so that's exactly what everybody in Blacksburg has been thinking. And so he's, he's talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, Justin Fuente may have very well been fired last year if it weren't for a pandemic. I'm not saying he would have, but he might have been. And he certainly was on a hot seat coming in. Might have saved his job. We'll see where the season goes. But, like – this to, is a big check. To have that national exposure in prime time, basically the whole country's watching. You got that entrance. You beat a top 10 team, and you remind people what it's supposed to look like in Lane Stadium. You couldn't ask for a better recruiting pitch than that. You know, so, like, they've already beefed up recruiting. They're, they're top 20 right now for the 22 cycle, and they got a lot of help on Friday by winning that game. So, it was awesome. And then I got to go home, and I got to watch Will Healy beat Duke. And Charlotte 49ers football gets their first Power 5 win ever. That was crazy. That was the coolest thing, man. Like, I was so happy for that, that was dude. crazy. Will Healy is one of my favorite They scored people, so many points the last, like, minute. Yeah. <laughs> and the dude, Grant DeBose, the wide receiver, this dude was working three jobs, like, loading trucks at Walmart back in the fall. No when his, way. When his Division three season got canceled, what is he's going to be able to play football again? And then he's out here making plays and scoring two touchdowns and beating the Duke Blue Devils. 
<laughs> he's from Alabama. I mean, was it Mills College? Is that right? Uh, is it Mills? I where's it Mills College? Uh, Mills App? No, no I, I thought it was Mills. I'll look it up. But his story's great. I mean, it's just that that whole game. With, like, I didn't. I didn't even know this, Kyle. You didn't just know that? Like, no, your wealth of knowledge. I didn't know. That. Well, I mean, I, I went in. So I, I rolled out of bed in in Blacksburg, Christiansburg, in Blacksburg. You know, on Saturday morning, a little hungover. Of course, not much. Well deserved. Voice a little bit strained. Should be. Had to book it back to Charlotte because I had three hours of radio before Clemson, Georgia. Uh, so I had to. Oh, go we got to get to that one too. So I got to go back College to radio. Football was awesome this it weekend. It was incredible. It was so good. It was incredible. And it feels really good when your team wins. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's uh, it just it's so so good. So like the whole weekend start to finish. Charlotte was at the middle. Look at of it, Kyle. Look at it, bro. On TV, it was oh Lane turned. Yes. Oh, dude. There the whole like I said, I, I could the only the best way I know to describe it is when I was a student, when I was growing up there in middle school, high school, that's what it was like every Saturday. Because, you know, behind, so up until, I think, 2014, uh, Virginia Tech had the oh, third. This, oh, my that's gosh. The like, this is, that's the pick. That was such a terrible it, decision. And make it so bad, he had, the guy, he had another guy wide open. Right. But, like, they had the third longest uh, home sellout streak in the nation behind Notre Dame and Nebraska. So, literally, every single Saturday was sold out. So, every single Saturday. Is Nebraska still sold out like that, you think? Yeah. They're kind of loopholing it a little bit. I think some boosters bought up a couple thousand tickets recently when they were short yeah. to keep the streak going. But, I mean, just the fact that it's been as long as it is is incredible. Nebraska – no, it's I'm sorry, it's Miles College in Alabama. Got it. Miles College. Yeah, Miles is in uh, Birmingham. But the whole weekend was awesome. It was so awesome, man. And he was at Miles College. Yeah, he was at Miles My, College. Man, so I went to Alabama State – Labor Day Classic, and they played Miles College. Really? Just this past Saturday. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so it says <laughs> – so he got uh, – it was Because uh, the swag did not play last year. Right. Season got canceled. Says he mm -hmm. spent time spent that time working three jobs, including two at, the, at a commissary on a local military base and a local manufacturing plant, Glovis, Alabama, in his hometown of Montgomery. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he was working at Walmart, too. So he's working three jobs. That's awesome. It's a great story. That's what I, I freaking Man, that's real faith and just College grind. football is the best, man. It is. College football is awesome. I, I really enjoyed it, Kyle, uh, this past week, man. Just How was Atlanta for that game, by the way? Atlanta was cool, man. Look, it was Atlanta was the greatest mix. It was like the most dynamic mix of people I'd seen in a very, very long time, Kyle. All right, here's, here's an example, all right? Right there we're staying at our hotel. What was it? Right by the – it was the Omni at the CNN building, whatever. I don't know. I know where you are. All right? Yep. So then we're staying in this place, and, like, there it was, like, everything was there. Our studio was there, and then our setup, and then, like, So you were right there on Marietta? And yeah, yeah, right there. there. All right. So, Kyle, when I say we had Alabama fans, all right, imagine us, Alabama fans. Yep. Put that in your mind. Oh, then I know. And you had Miami fans. Put that in your mind. They don't look like Alabama. They fans. don't. They really like don't. The way they dress, the way they look. The they really don't. It's, it's, it's completely <laughs> too different, Tailgated right? Tailgated with both of them, they really don't. So you had this, and then you had Dragon Con. So you had people dressed Dude, up. Dude, I've been there <laughs> during Dragon Con. Look, it was the same game because we played y'all twice in that game. Yes, So yes. Virginia Tech, Alabama was 09 in 2013, and it's yeah. always during Dragon Con. It's and yeah, and so, God bless them, bless their hearts. That's the weirdest group of looking people I've ever seen. In well, my they life. all dress up and not like your normal cartoony stuff. It's like different. Yes, uh, I'm gonna pull it up because I've, I've told people. I'm so God. I love that you said that. I've been telling people this for God, years. God, I was like, that's what that's what first thing comes to me. From my story is like, dude, it was like the most interesting mix 
and mixture of like it's like comic people. book heroes and middle right. earth and right right oh it's yeah it's not so, like your typical so like they describe it as the largest multimedia popular culture convention focusing on science fiction fantasy gaming comics literature art music it's a lot of sci-fi uh, and film in the universe oh yeah there's a lot of sci-fi a lot, a lot, of, sci-fi. lot of fantasy but like yeah you'll go driving through yeah Atlanta, it's not anime either it's fantasy and you got grown different. folks like larping and dragon costumes lined up <laughs> around the corner from a chick-fil-a and you're like what the fuck is Kyle, happening you, here? I, you want me to show you the video I had to take. I took a secret video of these these people. Please, you did. Yeah, of Dragon walk, Con? yeah, yeah. Walking by in my hotel, they were Dude, coming to the I'm hotel. I'm so happy that you said late that. at night. I've been telling people I, I, I got You got to see this. I'm like, if you're going down to that game, just know it's probably going to be during Dragon Con. And you're going to see a bunch of weird people running around in <laughs> costumes, and you're going to feel like you're going like you, you've, you're in Alice in Wonderland. What is? Oh, you. This is. Oh yeah. My God, that brings me back. There's, <laughs> there's a person in a pig suit. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's yeah, incredible. Yeah, it was. That's a grown man dressed as a Pokemon. Yeah, I was sitting there talking to my uh, my college roommate. That's a grown at the man time dressed as a hallway. Pokemon character. That, I mean, look, whatever floats your goat, man. But my God, that's funny. So it was a it was a, a dynamic mix. Um, it was cool, man. I really had I enjoyed it. Kyle, man, I, I thought it was cool, man. Somebody showed me a picture of myself on a bus. I'm like, damn, on a bus? Yeah, somewhere. Bust on a bus on like a, a school bus bus. Yeah, a picture of you. Where were? Why were you on a bus? Well, the SEC Nation crew. They oh, got us all yeah, on a your bus. face is on the side of a bus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That was okay. it. That was it. You seem surprised by that when I, I saw when you posted that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, because I, you know, I man, I guess I, they didn't tell me that. I just end up there. You, you know, know what I'm funny? saying? You know, the, you know, Chris <laughs> Felica, the Bear on College Game Day. Yeah, it, I think it's become a running thing where now every year when the when the College Game Day bus, same thing gets rolled out. He's never on it. And so he posted a picture of it again last week, and he was like, oh, well, guess there's next year. <laughs> They'll probably put him, like, in the back window. Exactly. Put so him in the back window. Nobody told you they were going to put you on a bus, huh? No. Yeah. You just, just see a picture of you, like, damn. I, I imagine you don't run into the sales and marketing department very much, though, huh? <laughs> probably not that often. Not that often, so I guess. Yeah, I'm not surprised. But you know what, though, Kyle? Up. I did not know it's so many people that work on this show because our oh. last year of COVID – you know, I didn't get to meet the team or the people or, right. you know what I mean, who makes what go. And so it's been kind of interesting no, to it's see. it's cool, man. And it's a lot more people, and it's a really cool. And look, man, it takes so many people to make a show go. It's kind of crazy. And I wish you would have caught that ball, too. Which one? Uh, the the oh, one he was out of bounds, oh, oh, oh. the wide receiver. Sorry for talking. Oh, that's, well, no, that, that's the one right there, what he's talking about. What, Burmeister to – was that Trey? No, it was Tavion Robinson. Yeah, corner, that kid can fly. Love him. Uh, corner of the end zone. I We all thought he was in. Yeah, it looked like it in from – the angle, too. Yeah, we thought he was in. They it looked called, like they, it they called the it angle. a touchdown, I think, originally. They and did. The whole did. stadium went nuts. I mean, I know. just I thought deafening. It was the, and then from the TV angle, you couldn't see it in. But, you know, for everybody that works on the show, it was very cool, man, to do that at the uh, Hall of Fame in Atlanta was really cool. And uh, I didn't even have time to go really tour the whole thing. I'm going to do that, though, next time. But, yeah, man, it was cool. And then not only that, but this week I get to go to Arkansas. It's funny how I, I do and the because same of thing. COVID, I didn't get to do any of these things. So I'm really the it's going to be cool. The last three times I've been to Atlanta, I said the same thing. I'm going to go to the College Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm going to see the whole thing. And you I, know the craziest thing I though, Kyle. You, you know it got looted, right? I Remember did that? Know that? Yes. So it looks amazing. They fixed everything except for one window right in the front. They got a piece of wood up. I'm like, how long's it been up? Ah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, dude, why do they have this one piece of wood here? It's like in like so it's like a four pane glass big door, yeah. right? And, like, just one. Oh, I mean, a two-pane. And, like, just the top one is out. Bottom one's fixed. The other one's... Isn't that weird? It is weird. (laughs) The Chick-fil-A next to it, right? Right next door? 
I believe so. That's I, know, what I, I didn't really go kill to Rex it. Ryan with one time, but I think I've told you that story. Oh, yeah. But no, it was, it was a great opening weekend, man. I, it I, was. I, I love everything about this I, sport. I, they do I, it so about, well on this opening weekend. Like nobody does it better than college football on the opening weekend. Man, it was like, the awesome. NFL starting this week, and I, I'm excited for it. But I, I was going to run this by you because I think you feel the same way, and probably even more so doing what you do now. But I was I was debating this with a couple of people the other day, and. It was just simply that we were talking about the atmospheres, Lane Stadium, Camp Randall, all the other great scenes across college football this weekend. And I just said, look, the NFL is great because we're watching the best of the best play each other every Sunday. But there's not a single stadium in the NFL that can match the best atmospheres in college football. They're no just, doubt. No question. different. The loudest stadiums, are, well, I can't, I mean, can't say the loudest, but the college is totally different. Right. I mean, like, they're, college they're, stadiums Arrowhead are way bigger. Stadium in Kansas City right. is really loud. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, doubt yeah. that. Like, you know, right, the, right. the 12th man. Yeah, oh, my God. Loud. Yeah. yeah this, it's loud. Yeah. New Orleans gets, has, gets extremely loud sure. because, you know, You're being on defense. And us being on defense, they want it so loud. So, right. so I've been in very, very loud stadiums. Don't get me wrong. But, like, electric atmospheres. Yes. There's they, nothing that can touch the best in college football. I, I, I tell everybody to this day, Tennessee, I was playing, you know, we were Alabama at Tennessee when yep. Tennessee was good. Dude, it was the loudest I'd ever heard any stadium in my life. It was way louder than what we had at Brian Denny. It, yep. was, it was crazy. So, just hearing that was uh, – you're right. I've been night in game some of crazy. Baton Rouge. I mean, come I've on. been there too plenty You've been of times. Been there too. <laughs> I mean, a night game in Baton Rouge. There's been there nothing too. like that. It's really the. I'm really looking forward to going to you know Florida, um, some of these other games as these uh, games start to roll out. Um, I would love to try and go, man, and just really. I'm just excited, Kyle. Go to the swamp. College football. The swamp for a big game in Gainesville. I mean, again, not. I may. Not. I may. I may. Um, you know what I should try and do, Kyle? What if I try and get. Huh. I'm not gonna say it on the. On I got a plan for something too, so let's let's okay. let's save this for off the air. Yeah. Cause I'm I'm thinking something similar, but like even that place right there, and I got a few more things I want to get to. But like, I do too. I've been in that building. This is what happens. It's my own fault, guys. No, I cut good. I cut this game. I've on. been in that building on a Saturday night uh-huh. for Clemson, Miami coming to town, top ten matchups, and it feels like the building's gonna collapse. I believe that. I would love to down. go there. And like being, I've never student, been to Blacksburg. I don't even know. We're gonna bring you up for a game. They got Notre Dame coming to town next month. Well, you're probably gonna be working, but we'll figure it out sometime. See, what, maybe one of the Hokies on the SEC Network can help you because apparently you work with more Hokies than you realize. You got, I, I do. I didn't even you got know Marty that. Marty Smith, uh, Alyssa Lang. Which I love I did, Marty. Your, you know, your, your cohort, Alyssa Lang, apparently grew up going Ooh. to Tech games every weekend with her parents. Did, she didn't even tell me and that. She's I, always I bragging on that. the Gamecocks. All kind of Hokies. Not bragging, but she, she reps her Gamecocks hard. <laughs> she does. She reps. Yeah? Yeah, dude. And, like, the good thing about South Carolina is they rep their own, too. You know? Yeah. So they're always showing her love right back. So it's kind of cool to kind of see it and just, and you know, people, my, some of my coworkers. I mean, I didn't even know Marty rep uh, Virginia Tech, but I believe it. Oh yeah, no, Marty. He, Marty's so funny, dude. He and McGee. Now that I actually know them, they're funny people. Oh, they're they're they're, they're, they're a good pair. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They're, they're exactly kind of who they are. Yeah. You know? No, they're a good pair. <laughs> and Ryan's such a talented writer, man. He's very, very good at what he does. Smart guy. Super smart. So I was telling you before when I got here, um, found out earlier today, and I, I think I'm allowed to talk about this. If not, whoops. Um, but I'm going to be up at Army-Navy, assuming that, you know, the world doesn't continue to fall apart, back for the first time since 2019. And because it's the 20th anniversary of 9-11 coming up this weekend. There, what's yeah, that? The world is still be there. Yeah, no, I know. But, you know, canceling stuff and whatnot. Um, gonna do the sh- I'm going to do my radio show from aboard the USS Intrepid in New York Harbor. Uh, on an aircraft carrier up there for Army Navy because they're doing this game this year at MetLife Stadium for the uh, 20th anniversary. Have 9/11. you ever been on an aircraft carrier? Uh, yeah, one down in Charleston um, at Patriots Point. And like on the like the deck, 
Yeah, I mean, they, have, they have one that sits there as like a tourist attraction, right? Same kind of thing. So I have one. In, I've been to the one in Mobile. What's that one? What's that one called? I, I, I don't know. I've been to Mobile like twice. But I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's a yeah. cool thing. And like I'd say that because the uh, 20th anniversary 9-11 is coming up on Saturday. So if you're listening to this right now, this is what? Wednesday the 8th. Yes. So we're looking up as two dudes born in the 80s that, uh, you know, saw the turning point of 9-11. It's 20 years out now. It's incredible to think that it's 20 years out. And I started talking <laughs> about this on the show today, you know, because – 9-11's 9-11 for a lot of reasons, but it changed sports in a lot of ways. Everything from, you know, patriotic flyovers and kneeling during the national anthem right. to stadium security, snipers at the top of every building, and, uh, you know, coaches and players visiting Kuwait and Bagram Air Force Base and, you know, doing the whole dog and pony show and uh, all the things that were good and bad about it, like Pat Tillman and all those different things. It was 20 years ago that, that this happened. And then everything else that came from – right that right <laughs> and so now 20 years later we're out it's the 20th year 20th anniversary coming up in three days and nfl is going to have everything you know honoring the fallen and nascar's got paint schemes doing the same thing and college football and baseball are, are certainly going to do it too but uh yeah no i was just thinking about that today i mean i everybody's got that story of where they were on 9-11 right oh yes i was in advanced pe as a sophomore in high school just finished playing flag football showered up advanced yeah yeah I you just, guys had advanced pe you didn't have advanced pe so no. You, so you got to take PE to graduate high school, right? But you could take advanced PE. It's basically dodgeball and flag football and pickup basketball as an elective. Oh. You know, so we got to do yeah, that. Yeah, man, I had varsity athletics like my whole. Well, that's what that's the, the, our coaches, football, basketball, baseball, would right. coach advanced PE, and they would use it as an opportunity to either make us do stuff for the game or drag the field or get ready for practice or whatever else. But we also got to do fun stuff. So anyway, I was coming off that, going to a class and walked inside, and everybody's looking around the TVs. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And, uh, yeah, where were you? I was uh, going down. I, I I was going downstairs to class in my eight eight a.m. class in college, my freshman year, bro, and never made it. Wow! I made it downstairs and saw the TV, and like nobody moved. Like Man. everybody stopped. We were all like nobody went to class. Nobody did anything. And then everybody was like, "Yeah, you probably shouldn't." Like you didn't know what was happening. Like you just had some planes just crash in the middle of like the World Trade. Like it's like the biggest building we had. Yeah. And they like flew a plane in it. And then the while you're watching that one, another one flies into the other one. Yep. We were like, what the hell is going on? Yep. And this was not when everybody had cell phones just walking around and like you didn't know anything. And then you find out, by the way, another one. Yeah, uh, went down at the, to the Pentagon. Pentagon right? It was so, like, I mean, whoa. Cra- I mean, just <laughs> and then another one, just random plane got put down. Have you ever gone back? And you didn't even know. Have you ever gone back and YouTube some of the uh, news footage from that day? No, I have not. Kyle. I've done it. I, I see this special that's coming out. Uh, it's on Hulu well, or they've something. Got th- they've got like three of them. So yeah. all the major streaming platforms like Netflix has one. I think you said Hulu has one. Uh, I think HBO might have one too, I believe but it. they all timed them out, and I, it was all kind of predictable that it was going to happen. Which nothing wrong with that. But no, I've gone back and like twice, and I haven't done it in a long time. But watch some of the news footage of that day, and man, seeing it as an adult now, you see it through a completely different lens. Like you yeah, see man. how fucking terrified everybody was. Yeah, man, and you everybody shaken. Nobody knew what to say. Nobody knew what was going on. Everybody thought we were under attack. Everybody thought that <laughs> it was that that day. I was 15. Like you, I was you know old enough to understand that it was a horrible thing and a big deal. Mm-hmm. You watch it as an adult, you realize that even the people who seem unshakable and were in charge back then didn't really know what to do. I mean, and know what to say on the news networks. Like that was some scary shit. Yeah. No. I mean, and then when you see them going down, you're just like, wow. 
Um, it was, it was. I mean, um, it was just one of those things. Yeah. And you're right. It changed America. It changed everything. Security, like at airports, to it really did. It was it was crazy. But everybody does have their own 9/11 story. Yeah. No. And uh, it, it stinks, man. But you know, it it made us more aware, man. It, look, you have to be aware of your surroundings, and we have to be more aware as people. It did a lot of things. And not everybody's a fan of you and you're not everybody's going to like you changed airports changed schools changed policy changed everything yeah, about the american way of life man in 20 years that's that's really hard to believe but you know again it coincides with the first everybody but the crazy thing was after that a, a majority of people i'm not gonna say everybody majority of people were like man they wanted to see somebody's to go they had the america at one they just wanted somebody to go get somebody yeah you know that was it was and now you look up in 20 years we just got out the you know from from over there it's it's 20 years has been a long time. It's, it's been a long time. By. And, you know, some of that. I can't know, believe it. I was in college freshman year. Yeah. I mean, and some of that feeds into where we are now. Some of it, you know, just, whew, man, I was, I was watching today on the news, you know, them removing the Robert E. Lee statue in Richmond, uh, Virginia, the largest Confederate monument in the entire country. 131-year-old statue of Robert E. Lee. Where at? Uh, Richmond, Virginia. Oh, um, nice. You know, the capital of Where the Where are they putting it in? I don't know where it's going. This I'd has probably, to put it in some kind I mean, of museum. It, it was vandalized heavily last summer. Oh, um, you know, yeah. During, we'll uh, hope they clean it up. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm kind of conflicted about that one myself. But Look, uh, man, it's an old monument. Clean it up and put it away. But Yeah, right. <laughs> put it, put it in a museum, fine. Like, right, that's, I'm right. Fine just with put that. it, yeah. But uh, it's on, it's on, have you been to Monument Avenue? Were you ever, did you ever drive through Richmond and go to Monument Avenue? Because no. It's, okay, so it's a long stretch of road in the middle of Richmond, which was the capital of the Confederacy, and it's literally an avenue, a stretch with massive statues of Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson and and Jefferson Davis and mm-hmm. uh, all of them, huh? Jeb Stewart. And, I mean, yeah, all. The <laughs> I don't con- even know who Jeb Stewart is. I mean, all the <laughs> all the Confederate, you know, generals, and you know, of course, uh, Jefferson Davis and Jefferson Davis Highway runs right through Richmond. I mean, it was the capital of the Confederacy, mm-hmm. and all that stuff stayed for a long, long time. And the fact that it made it this long is kind of, you know, a little bit surprising. But, no, watching it come out of there today was crazy because I was just thinking about being, you know, uh, I don't know, eight years old. And the first time that my family drove us up Monument Avenue, with we had family in Richmond, and I would ask my dad, hey, what are those? Who are, who are those people? And he tried to explain to me that they were Confederate generals, that they were, you know, from Virginia or from here. But the war, we, you know, South lost, but they're still up. I mean, it was like it was – I can imagine as an adult trying to explain that <laughs> to my kid. <laughs> you know, hey, you could do it. But, I mean, yeah. it was uh, – and to watch it come down was strange. But I was thinking about how much more divided. Because but 20 years ago when that happened, we all circled the wagons. Yes. Was, we were all looking around saying, who are we fucking up next? I mean, right. who, who are we going to get? Yeah, right. You know, you, you don't do this to America. Today, right. we're ready to kill each other again. And we're just, I don't even know. I don't even think everybody even knows why they don't. <laughs> they don't. I mean, I, I, I still think that the that good prevails. There are more good people that, you know, a lot of this hate and anger and ire and everything else is so much Kyle, online driven though, and not real. Life. Yes. But the problem is that yes. more, and more of it has started to spill into real life. And that's the problem. You got to figure out a way to stop that. Yeah. And I think there's a greater awareness about where it's coming from and misinformation and things like that. The problem is, I don't know how this is impacting the kids. And what they're going to turn into. So I, I just don't want. I, my biggest thing is, and I think a lot of it is internet stuff. Like people believe the internet way too much. First of all, the internet's undefeated. All right, that's number one. Yes. All right. So when people try, like I hear people. I read something from a coworker of mine. Somebody tweeted at that person, and they were so rude. Like, it's the internet. It's the internet, and I'm just like, who is this a hole? 
There's a ton of them. Who is this well, person? First of all, you don't even half the time you can't you don't know if you're talking to a bot. Right. Or, or this person has like look, and I'm not I'm not one of these people to like shine on anybody about Twitter or any followers. That's right. not my thing. Sure. All right. But when you know you all of a sudden you you're not like, you know, who is this person? This person has like a thousand tweets and like a hundred followers. It's like, come on, dog. You, you don't watch Ted Lasso, do you? I do. I love Ted. Did you Lasso. see the latest episode of Ted Lasso? I did not. It, the newest one came out. The newest one last Friday. Yes. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it, but like this is exactly one of the topics <laughs> of that, you know. And one of the one of the nice guys in the show that gets really impacted by some random asshole on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Dude. In a sea of nice things, one guy says a shitty thing, and like he focuses on that. And like, so that's the thing. Like, and you're really good at that, and I've gotten a whole lot better. You know me. I don't every. I'm I don't like, do dude, it. this is exactly why I don't even get on this. But thing. the point being is that it's further tribalized us, and the, again, to, to look up and reflect where we were 20 years ago to where we are now, different world, man. Really it different is. world. The NFL's first season, though, or first week rather, coincides with. 9-11, which I don't know there's any, you know, huge historical significance to. They didn't I, play. No, they didn't play, um, nor should they. But, you know, it's – That was huge, though. The NFL, that was the first time they, like, had canceled – was that the first time they ever did that? Uh, I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember. But what I do know is that, like, sports played a big part in healing the country back then. Yes, it did. It's also weird, though, with the NFL where, you know, all of a sudden after 9-11, you got God Bless America being shown on TV every game – televising the national anthem you got u.s flags the size of the football field you got military jet flyovers every single game where it didn't used to be there so all of a sudden you know it's this platform for a dog and pony patriotism show which look i love america love red white and blue genuinely love this country but, but it became very corporate very patriotic borderline nationalistic well they, they paid them in, to do it they paid say, them. we look up in 2015 we find out the nfl has been paying them for this all along well, not no, no. The armed forces were paying the NFL. The other, I'm sorry, the other way around. I apologize. Yeah, the yeah, DOD yeah. has been paying them for this. I apologize. Right. But yeah, that's the point. And it's it's not that the NFL doesn't have any patriotic people in it. I'm sure no. there are lots of them. But, but you know, also when I first got drafted, Kyle, we didn't even have to be out for the national anthem. Right. Right. Exactly. That so, wasn't even a thing. So go back to like World War One, World War Two. Then they brought it. Then they said they wanted us to start coming out, and right. then right. You know, then it turned into everything else since. Like then. World War One, World War Two. There was a much more collective investment in the war. Right. Mm -hmm. Men got shipped off to war. Those who were left behind, who couldn't, you know, too old, they were, you know, physically unable to serve. Women stepping up, working in the factories, supporting the war effort. Right. You know, sending everything we got. Well, fast forward eighty, hundred years. Well, we're, the whole country's not really at war. The military's at war. But, like, you're trying to sell this war effort back in 2001 by using the NFL, by using Major League Baseball, you know, and, and getting into people's homes and hearts and minds that way. It's effective, too. You know, it's you know, but no, it, Kyle, it, it affects a lot of lives, though. You know what I mean? Well, of course the, it All does. the reserves. Like, yeah. the, like, everybody has to go. Well, think about the Pat Tillman story. Think about the Pat. And I don't know if you ever yeah, knew Pat. I didn't. Well, like, the Pat Tillman story is both, on the one hand, you know, inspiring – and uh, admirable, but on the other side, so many people that want to use Pat Tillman as a prop, political prop these days, don't realize that Pat Tillman came to really regret his involvement in that war, and you know mm -hmm. was in, in in communication constantly with uh, you know the philosopher and what I think he's uh, something socialist, libertarian Noam Chomsky, right? And so mm -hmm. Pat Tillman became very very conflicted about the war and their presence there. And his brother, he and his brother talk a lot about these things. So he dropped a football career and millions of dollars to go serve and, you know, yeah. do what he felt was the right and patriotic thing. But by the, all the way up until the time he was killed by a friendly fire, mm -hmm. he'd become very regretful of his role, you know, in that war and why we had a presence there. And for, you know, as long as we did at that point. 
So, yeah, it's a really conflicting thing because Pat Tillman's held up as this hero, you know, and this icon of the NFL who dropped a career to go serve in the, in the, in the Yeah, but he forces. lost his life, though. But he lost his life. He was killed by his own army. Yeah. You know, but, and he, he came to his really re- – and so, but again, you got people still to this day that use Pat Tillman for political purposes, and it's so wrong. You know, because you mm. talk all the time about the dead can't defend themselves, right? No. Well, it's also it's equally wrong to you know try to reframe somebody's worldviews and political beliefs that's when they're true. not here to set you straight. I agree. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yes, yeah. So I mean, preach, that's, cow. There's preach. A, there's cow. a lot of things about that story that you know, if you really look into it, you'll find that even if they don't bother you, they should leave you kind of conflicted about the way that he's used. I yes, you should question the the end of the story that yeah. is that has been written you know so on a brighter note though i mean the nfl is not is question back. but it's okay to ask no, 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 ask right. questions on a brighter note though the nfl's back and uh i'm super hyped i went out i i, I planted my flag i don't even know i don't even know who's playing who kyle yes you do i, I we got the the <laughs> bucks and the cowboys tomorrow night because of course you got to put the cowboys on prime time because you know tv ratings and whatnot um then well the, the one here panthers jets on sunday well dak is back come on now you know, don't sell me on that. You sure? What the Dak is the back? Dak is, I mean, just, he's literally just back, is what you're saying. Yeah, that, he's just playing again. That, that's all I said. Oh, okay, never <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> I said no, that's all I said, Kyle. <laughs> my bad. I jumped to conclusions. Yeah, I was like, I mean, so, oh, so there's not a single game you're looking forward to. Uh, no, I don't think so, man. I've been kind of on the ground with this college thing, so, um, of course, I want to see my teams. I want to see is Carolina real. I only care about the NFC South. Well, that's I, I all I got I, two teams. But that's all I care about. Well, first of all, Saints and Packers going to Jacksonville. Yeah. They got to go play in Jacksonville. Yeah. That's going to be weird. What yeah. do you think that crowd's going to look like? Terrible. I would imagine so. Terrible. I mean, you'll have some Saints fans down there. But and I mean, Packers would definitely travel. I was going to say, some people probably want to travel and get out of, you know, Louisiana because of the wreckage, but others won't be able to go. Yeah, but not everybody from Louisiana can afford exactly. to just that's, go. That's what I you said know what I mean? The other day. Yeah, it's what I, not like, the same. Some guy told me, he's like, not I don't know, man, a lot of people are going to want to get out of there because I was like, not everybody can afford to just pick up and go take a road trip to a football game. This man. ain't the cheese and wine crowd, bro. Nah. <laughs> that ain't it. Nah. <laughs> That ain't it. No, that was going to look weird. <laughs> but, I mean, they're going to take an L. I, I mean, week one. Green Bay is definitely going to travel because yeah. they love to get out of Wisconsin. Green that Bay's gives them reason. So, um, gives them a good reason. That is what it is. Who do you think is going to win that one? Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay. I mean, that's – I mean, I say that because I, I have very little faith in Jameis Winston until he makes me have faith in him. I'm with you. I, I know he's talented as shit. I mean, he's always, always has been. Yeah. He's, he's an incredibly talented dude, but – I don't know. He's got to show some consistency. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is just balls. Well, it's I mean, usually what he does. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's that's one. But, like, Carolina here, I, I made my – I called my shot. The Jets? I got Carolina 34-20. Okay, blowout. Yeah, I think they get a defensive touchdown. I think uh, McCaffrey scores twice, and I think Sam Donald has a good day. It easily could happen. Yeah. They, they could also lose. I don't, think I don't think that's going to happen. The Jets are – I mean, they, they've lost four defensive starters in the preseason to injuries i mean they they lost carl lawson which was the, the biggest one uh they lost zane lewis their safety they lost gerard davis their linebacker for two months and they lost vanny curry to the season so i think it was a rare blood disorder so there's that they got a rookie quarterback first year head coach uh their best wide receivers covid protocol i think i think jameson crowder is going to play but he hasn't practiced much um and then makai beckton was in concussion protocol and showed up to camp very over overweight and out of shape so 
Yeah, I mean, Jeff, I mean, Zach Wilson looks like I mean, I like, like your shot, Kyle. I think you got a good shot in this one. I mean, I, I think it's, I'm with you. The, the, I mean, the Panthers season early is kind of like winnable, right? The flip side of it is Pat Elfline looked awful on the offensive line against the Steelers. <laughs> Cam Irving didn't look that much better. And uh, Matt Paradis was terrible, too. So Kyle, Kyle. up the oh middle. My gosh. Uh, oh, you about to go on this Jadavian Clowney thing? Dude, Dude I know you are. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. How Panthers, long have I been saying it, though, The Panthers Kyle? are more talented. How long they... have I been saying it, Kyle? <laughs> Don't you run from me, Kyle. How long have I been, how long I've been saying it, Kyle? First of all, i got to pull this up. You've been saying it for a long time. <laughs> uh, you gotta, i got to say this for a while. Uh, so, oh, well, where, where, where's the story? I'm looking for the – okay, i got to find your text message. Oh, okay, yeah. i gotta, I got to click on this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you run from this, so Kyle. So when, when you sent this to me this morning, I had my hands full. I had, to, I had the baby all morning. No, I, I, I understand. So, Jadavian Clowney says, guards are not real athletes. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. How long have I been saying that, Kyle? You've been saying that for a long time. I, I, I totally believe it. And look, and it, like the great ones, uh, they're athletes. But just the normal average interior lineman, bro, I'm like, no, I'm straight. So, Quentin Nelson gets to be an athlete. No doubt. Okay. He's, you've seen him dunk. That dude's an athlete. Yeah, come on. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, the really good ones, they like, come on. Them dudes call them real. unathletic guys. That's funny as that. They, they, Kyle. I'll tell you what, Pat Elfline looked extremely unathletic against the and, Steelers. And look, Paradise has been getting beat since he got here. And I was getting ready to tell him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and look, he, he was, I, I'm only calling spade a spade, Kyle. I only call a spade a spade. I think they're placeholders anyway. And no, yeah, but look, my, once my homeboy described that to me, because I, I used to talk to him about college players and things like that, and he was – He'd be like, bro, he said, I don't want to talk about a center, bro. Like, I don't want to talk about this great center in, the, in college and all this. I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. He's like, nah, psh, whatever, they suck. I'm like, come on, man, for real. He's like, look. And when he said this, Kyle, I was like, damn, that, does, that makes so much sense. Like, I guess you're kind of right. Like, it's really hard to defend this. When yeah, you're but like, here's the thing. That kind of shit talk is reserved for, for professional athletes. <laughs> Correct. Like, I, <laughs> Correct. I, don't get, I don't get to tell Pat Elfline he's unathletic. Okay? You're right. You're I right. don't get to you're do right. that, and I know my lane on that. Right, right. But listening to you and Jadavion Clowney <laughs> tell these guards and interior offensive linemen right. they're basically fat dudes that don't, don't offer much value is hilarious. <laughs> it's funny as shit. And when you sent me that this morning – I was trying to get the baby to sleep, and I was trying not to laugh because it was hysterical when I saw it come in. Oh, my gosh. It's the funniest thing. And, and look, I know a lot of really good athletic guards. That's fine. But when it comes to, like, going and, like, defending guys, most of them cannot handle any kind of pass rusher at all. And centers are even worse. And I see it all the time, and people want to – look, that's what used to bother me when I worked with you on, on the radio, Kyle, <laughs> when these callers would call in and yes. talk about, you know – how Ryan Khalil, we need to replace him. You know, how do we c replace Ryan Khalil? I'm like, look, Ryan Khalil is like a special kind because he was able to move and get to second yeah, level. he was really, really good. He was really, really, really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you take those. The rest of them, psh, and we used to, like, talk about it all the time. So when the Panthers were, everybody was all hype. Oh, we got Paradis. I was like, so from what my boy told me, he was like, dude, he's just a small little – he's, like, barely 300 pounds, and he's, like, 6'2". He's, like, a little – Guys, so when you go against way bigger guys, you don't handle well. Right. I honestly, I believe, it's and really I don't. Tough. It, it, it's hard because you know offensive lines have to play together to have continuity and get better together. Yes. So that has. And to you got to have better people around him, so then he can be more right. 
like do more. Like you oh, can he hide can him snatch. a little bit if you need to. Well, not only that, but if he sees something extra coming, he's more of a helper. He's not a one-on-one guy. Right. That's not when. And if you're asking him to do one-on-one things, that's not his strength. But I, because I, the I rushers truly are usually believe better. That like there are there are two or three of those guys. And Mark Slavers said it so good. That's another thing. Mark Slavers said you're asking somebody. There's no other sport that's like that. And he played guard, and yeah. he agreed with it. He, he said it. Yes, it's true. All right. It's the least athletic position out of a very athletic world. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, so, look, I, I'll take, he, he like, says it, it's true. Yeah, it's true. And he's like, look, we're going against the best pass rushers and we have to win 100% of the time or we're bad. Yeah. We, or we bad. That's the toughest part about oh, it. Versus right. like, you know, if you had a point guard go against a seven footer in, de- in defense. He'd beat the point guard. The point guard would beat him. Be like, oh well, you know, it's a bad matchup. Bad matchup. Right. <laughs> but and like you, you have to do your job so well that nobody talks about you. Exactly, and that it, sucks. <laughs> That's on. That, that sucks. When, so when I hear these guys say it, and I'm like, dude, okay, I don't even feel bad for saying it. That's also why I sent it because Mark, when Mark Slayer said, I'm like, exactly. Okay, fine, fine, I get it. But like the point. <laughs> But I still think like those guys are placeholders. Like I think he, I think Matt Rule is waiting. Just uh, they're going to play until Deontay Brown is ready. They're going to play until mm-hmm. Brady Christensen is ready. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And both those guys can Brady good, Christensen play center? I need to go. Uh, no, no. Oh, he's he, going to play left tackle. He's a, he's right a tackle. Well, no, they've got him on the right side. Okay. So they like him on the right side for now. But he played left at BYU, and he was he was you know the best in the country at it. And Hey, man. He, he also – That left uh, was a different monster he now. He played on the left side. But if he's uh, ready, he's ready. He played on the left side against the Steelers when the twos came in. But he, they, they like him more on the right side right now. But they, we'll see. They'll play him where they have to play him. The point is, I think a couple of those guys are just placeholders until these young guys are ready. And I don't think they're that far away from being ready. So, they're probably not as bad a shape, you know, over the long haul. As hey, look, some man, think they the are. first game's going to be all right, though, because I mean, you're playing your against guy, a bad Jets team. Your guy, Deontay Brown, that dude is a monster. I mean, you well, have to take an really extra step big. just to get around him. He's really big. He's really good at the point, like like initial pop in the run game. He can't move well, but the best place to put him if he can't move well is at freaking guard. And that's where he's best. <laughs> I mean, that's where he played great just in the put preseason. Him, but you got to have other ple- – I mean – you can't let him just be one on one all the time. No, but I think he's uh, somebody a on bit the edge too. Hey, look, man, you have to learn how to be a pro too. Yeah, and just sure. because your draft status doesn't determine your career, I've seen guys, the best guard I ever played with, Jari Evans, who's considered the best guard in football for multiple, multiple years when we were playing. You know, he played guard, but he also played tackle in college. You see, what I'm saying at a, at a small school, and then kicked into guard. And for him, he said, dude, going from tackle to guard where it was less space, he said, dude, it was so much easier for me. And he just started to – and he was already – he's a mauler, bro. He's freaking huge. But Well, haven't we been saying for years though, or hearing for years from these offensive line coaches and, and head coaches that they want offensive linemen that are, are versatile, that can play multiple positions? Like, yeah. that's what they the, all want. It's they, better they, for they them. They all want guys that can play multiple positions. And you see dudes get kicked in and out. Like, Panay Sewell. Panay Sewell was the first tackle taken in the draft. Detroit, I mean, this might be, it's Detroit, so I mean, you shouldn't do things just because Detroit does them, but like immediately Dan Campbell moves into right tackle and leaves Taylor Decker on the left side. Now, Taylor Decker's, you know, a, a fine tackle. I mean, he's a good tackle, but it's not mm-hmm. like he's a, a pro bowler. You know, he's not an all pro. You know, he's just, he's been their guy the last couple of years. But if you draft Panay Sewell as the best left tackle in the country, you'd think they'd start him at left tackle, but they immediately moved him to the right side, and I guess they're well, fine to move him back whenever they need to. Right. Why? Leah, like, why put the pressure on him, really? I mean, not only that, but if you got one that's already there and secure, and you don't hate the pick, you don't hate where he's at, you take Panay Sewell because you know he's golden from here on out. It doesn't matter. You know he's a left tackle naturally. So if he's great enough to play the left tackle, then you put him at right, you just be more powerful. And he has good run game, too. 
And so it also allows you to screen both sides because normally your left tackle is your most athletic tackle. But putting Panay on the right side, you're also able to run screens both ways because you do not mind him getting him in space. Well, right. And, like, so def defenses are – just are, makes you more versatile, like you're saying, Kyle. Like, blitzes and pass rushes, like, they're, they're more exotic and different than they ever have. Like, left tackle is still a little more important than right tackle. But, I mean, it's it's more even, I think, than it's ever been. Yeah. Taylor Moten just got paid at right tackle for the Panthers. And there are only four left tackles in the whole league that make more money than he does. He's really good. So, a lot of right tackles, like your guy Ramchick down there in New Orleans. Ramchick's been a baller since day one. He got paid huge money. He's he's really really good. Yeah, though. man. I mean that's so. I mean right tackles are important, but the offensive line situation is is the the thing I think that's standing between Carolina and winning nine or ten games. Yeah, you know if they can figure that out, I do think they have the talent to win nine or ten games. That and they got to stay healthy, Kyle. Oh yeah, they that's, have to stay healthy. No that's a big thing for them right now. They need to make sure they stay healthy, and make sure that you know they got. They got everything going. They have to. They need to get off to a good start. I would build love confidence. to see Sam Darnold have a huge game on Sunday. I would I mean, love to see it. I would too, man. Going against his old team. Yeah, it'd be a good story. You know, it'd be awesome. But it'd also be a good story for the quarterback from the Jets. What's his name? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson to have his first career win. Also, no, I don't think I'd like that story. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I would rather it the other way too. But I'm just telling you how the New York media is going to play it. Oh so, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Well, and, I mean, that's and the, also Robert Sala is a really good coach. Well, he's a Everybody good defensive said. coach. Do we know if he's a good head coach yet or not? I mean, you've been around this league long enough to know that some guys are coordinators, some guys are coaches. You're right. I don't know him personally, but I don't I, either. He's he's probably he came off as a good. coach. And that's the so only point I made today. Because we'll I was, see. I was saying, look, they play the game. You on still got to give rule the check mark just because rule is coach. Right. More. Exactly. Well, he, I agree. And even though college and the NFL is different, like I said today, he's been when, when you're the chief executive. When you're I'll the just CEO, take the NFL. He's been in the NFL longer. Be, being the guy at the top of the organization and having that experience, I think matters. And so, you know, he's done it at Temple, he's done it at Baylor, and now he's at least got, you know, 16 games in the NFL under his belt. So across the board, Carolina's better on paper. You know, yeah. now they play the games on the field. We'll see what yes. happens. But, yes. you know, on paper right now, I think they check all the Because the same game we're watching right now, they North Carolina is better on paper than Virginia Tech. I'm not sure about and that. And this guy dropped this interception. I'm not sure about that. I I'm really not. And, I look, dude, I've been – and I love that we keep coming back to this game, and I love that it's still on. Um, oh, here's the pick. Yeah, yeah Sam's, Sam Howell cannot do that. He bro. caught this ball, by the way. Can you please, like, I, I got people. He got his hands under the ball. Okay? He did. He, he was down. He was down. He got his hands under the ball. Okay, I, I, I see heels, it now. That's I got a better fans telling me that he did. Watch this replay right here. He gets his hands under the ball. I agree. Now, he immediately pops up, you know, and tries to celebrate <laughs> yeah, and, and, and drops it. But it was a catch. But, like, I'm you're right. You now. Okay, I kind of see it now. That was, you know, it's a great example of what you just said, though. But I don't think they're that much more talented. They lost Carter, Williams, Brown, Newsom off of last year's team. And we're just assuming the guys behind them were as good as they are. Yeah, man. And they're not Alabama, dude. And we're told that they've been recruiting great defensive players. And by the, the star system, you know, on 247 arrivals, they've been getting some talent. But so did Butch Jones at Tennessee. You know, so did Mike <laughs> London at UVA. Like, he recruited some five-star dudes. You, but you've got to coach them. You, you you gotta, gotta they, and they got to improve. They can't just go out there and roll them out there and think they're just going to show up. You, like gotta, the, you got Jordan Williams that transferred in from Clemson to Blacksburg, you know, who's on this defensive line group now. Mario Kendricks and uh, Narell Pollard, uh, you know, Amari Barno. That kid made himself some money on Friday night. I mean, he got after Sam Howell. Barno, you know, is an edge rusher and a 3-4. Somebody in the NFL is going to pay him to get after the quarterback. Yeah. They've got talent. And so – it's really cool, too, to see Justin Hamilton take over for Bud Foster as a defensive mm. coordinator and Hamilton as a, a lunch pail defense guy being able to come back home and, you know, bring back the attitude but the experience of what this place is supposed to mean on that side of the ball. And they played like it on Friday. That was the best part because when they kept fumbling the opportunity in the second half to put the game away 
And like even right here, you know, when they put it away, right before this drive, when they had to go back out defensively, I looked at my buddy and I said, you know what? They've earned the right to go win this game. Like they shouldn't have to, but I, they, they've earned the right to yeah, go win yeah, this yeah, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was cool to actually say it and believe that it was going to happen because I used to always believe that was going to happen. Look at these North Carolina fans going out. Did yeah. you curse at any, Kyle? No, nah, dude, like the, what I saw was completely peaceful and like friendly throughout the entire night in Blacksburg. But, man, I've seen some of these videos. Did you see the Carolina fan go storming in and fight the student? And No. You didn't see it? No. So there was a tech – there was a student. I don't doubt it. It was an undergrad that was – I mean, and the tech student got what he deserved as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> if the story's true. He was throwing stuff, drinks and airplane bottles at the Carolina fan who had a kid with him. And apparently, as the story goes, and I wasn't there, but as the story goes, he hit the, the dude's kid with an airplane bottle. You hit my kid with an airplane bottle after I've asked you to stop. And the dude reported him to security. Oh, yeah. You deserve to get your yeah, ass. You deserve work. to get your ass. <laughs> I mean, he's, you're a grown man at that point. You yeah, bro. And you hit my daughter. Yes. We got real problems. Oh, I'm coming to get you. You hit and my, my daughter with an airplane bottle. And my team lost. Mm -hmm. We got real problems. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like if my team won, I might get accepted a little already bit. Already a shitty move. Yeah, yeah, I'm already <laughs> Then pissed. you throw an airplane bottle at my daughter. You just lit the fuse, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's on you. I didn't make you light the yeah. fuse. No, but it was a cool, like it was, otherwise the scene was, it was great, man. I just, this is again, what, what makes college football so awesome. I agree. Can we talk about my college just for like two seconds? Well, yeah, but who doesn't, wait, do we not talk enough about the Alabama Crimson Tide? Talk about Georgia Clemson. I love that game even more. Well, I mean, like it was great. I didn't stay, by the way. I went home. So I was doing the show from, from the stadium. Right. Up until kickoff. And I was exhausted from the game the night before. And, you know, I, I would live down the street. So I start walking against the crowd when I leave the doghouse. So I'm walking through about 10,000 Clemson and, Bull and Georgia fans who were going into the stadium, and I'm uh -huh. walking the opposite direction. And, dude, I mean, it was – I keep using the word electric, but, like, you, it was like you could cut it with a knife. I yeah, mean, just they were ready. Thick. They were ready. And they're like – there's light trash talking and, you know, people screaming and singing and, you know, chugging their last beers. Dukes, Dukes Mayo won. That was a big game for them. Yes. Huge. Though yes. That matchup was humongous. The game turned out really well. It was a defensive struggle and battle. Yep. Both defenses played really well. Um, Georgia has to find offense. They can't. They got to be better or they won't last at two. Not in the SEC. You got to score more than what you did. Um, Clemson, though, I mean, they got to find a run game. Georgia beat the hell out them boys up front, dude. Like, oh, Beat the, and it was scheme and and ability. But see, like, we didn't we think that Georgia might have the best defense in the country coming in? Like, we, they were on a short list at the very least. Yeah, I was concerned about their secondary a little bit, but it didn't even matter because their secondary was fine because they can cover. And I think they, 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 out? they hit the quarterback. Mm -hmm. they had a, a, what, they're missing a player in the secondary? Two, maybe. Or no, I'm, I'm wrong about that. Either I mean, they, they, they had six, all of their starters left. Right. There's a brand new secondary. Everybody besides Lewis Seen, who's will a really good safety. That for at least a minute. I mean, that whole defense will play in the league for at least a minute. They're, they're that talented. They got some really good dudes on that deal. But, I mean, it was, that, it, it was a defensive slugfest. Some people don't like that. I, I don't always like them. I like that That one. game was really good just because it, yep. the way it was yep. a defense. And you had really good, like, NFL talent slugfest. Well, you got the kid Will Shipley, who's from here in Charlotte at, he uh, at Weddington. I think he's going to be good, but I also watched him a couple of times, and I couldn't help but think he just realized that everybody on the field is as fast as he is. You know, because not only that, but they're bigger too. They're bigger, too, right? <laughs> they're bigger and they're as fast as you. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of guys have that realization. Now, it's okay. I, I mean, it happens. Right. It, you take a step up. It hey, man, I got ran over my first game in college. Did you? Yeah. Yes. By who? This uh, this run back from Middle Tennessee, right on the goal line. That's who we got this week. Yeah, he ran me over. I 
it was bad. He- oh, man, Heather was there, and she said it looked worse because I reached for him as he ran me over. But you live and you learn, man. You live and you learn. Hey, man, but, you know, I, I got ran over in the league, too, before. I mean, my boy Jabari Greer would tell me, he said, hey, man. Sometimes you play on that dirt road, you gonna get <laughs> you gonna get dusty. <laughs> and after that, you leave alone. You know, he's just like, "Fuck it, you yeah, right?" That's true. You play on that dirt road. That's true. No, it was great, man. And like you, so you played. And I know we got to wrap this up, but you played in the 2015 NFC Championship game at Bank of America. Uh huh. And I, I wasn't there for that one, but I've watched that game a couple of times. And you can tell by watching it just how rowdy that place was that night. Mm-hmm. But we had some of, our, some of our mutual friends even on Saturday at the Georgia-Clemson game who are Panthers fans or grew up in here in Charlotte said things like, I've never seen the stadium like this. It's never been this crazy. It's a yeah. zoo. Our boy Julian Council was one of those that called that out. What do you think about that? I, I could totally see that because it's a different crowd. But, right. A college bill is crowd. totally – no, that you got young kids that are drinking heavily yep. at a college crowd. They're, it's a total different aspect. Yeah. You got young people turning up. The music's going to be different. It's a total different vibe than it is for a Carolina game, even if it is the biggest win that they had had at that. So where does that where currently. does that Carolina crowd rank though? On like the, the the loudest stadiums games that you played in? Um, so it wasn't loud though. I mean, it was loud, but it was a blowout. It wasn't loud, loud the whole That's time. Fair, yeah. So you know. Like when Luke got that pick, like on the first drive, that was when it was the loudest I'd ever heard it. But that was like early, and that was the one moment. And but that was pretty. That was high. That was probably in my top ten. Yeah, you know, loudest. Oh no, I believe me, I've watched. Especially for the NFL, probably the top ten. Yeah, no, you know, it, but it looks you know, being in New Orleans, going to Kansas City, being in Seattle in the playoffs, like some really really loud places. Um, I've been in and been a part of and so those crowds in the league. I mean, Minnesota gets extremely loud, especially in that new dome. Oh, yeah. Have you, you, have you been in the new one? US yeah, 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 I've been in there. I, would, I went for the Final Four. I hate and it, it. this whole skull thing is so freaking annoying. Is it? Yes, it's so annoying. I, and this, this targeting rule has to change or I'm going to quit talking about well, college football. Well, so, I mean, the Ole Miss-Louisville game was horrendous. Four and one half, are you kidding me? But, uh, like I said. Four and a half. I get um, it. You you got to protect these guys, but like, come on. Well, we're throwing them out. The throwing them out does nothing. No, no, it, it does, does nothing. Well, and some some of these aren't targeting. And you, first of all, I wear a helmet for protection. All right. Sure. I wear a helmet for protection. That's what you got to understand. And it's the people that are making these rules clearly have never played football. Clearly, and I understand they <laughs> want to take the helmet out of the game, but I wear it for protection because if you want me to take my helmet out the game, tell him to stop ducking his helmet every time I get close to him trying to tackle him. Yeah. All right? And to also tell me, you know, a game football is a game of inches. That is why, as a defensive guy, I have to get my head around, right, because I'm trying to stop his momentum. If it was not, if I wasn't fighting for inches like they don't in rugby, my head could be behind him. I could just roll tackle him. That is a difference, people. I don't think people understand that. It's a different game. And the people that are making these rules and regulations have never played defense and has never tried to tackle anybody bigger than them. That is true, and I understand it. And you have to have a degree. Like, what was the intent? Like, what was he trying to do? Like, have some human element to this decision that's being made. And just throw the 15-yard penalty. Stop kicking these young people out. Because when you can look at the coach and be like, Coach, what can I do differently? And the coach is like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, what, like, what do you do if you're a gunner on punt team, right? And you, you're squaring a dude up, and uh, you're going to put your hat on the football, and you're going to put your shoulder in his numbers. And last He second, moves his head. He moves his head. He ducks. And all of a sudden, you know, it looks like you've torpedoed him into his ear hole. 
when you were aiming for the football or when you'd squared him up in the numbers and, you know, he moves last second. Like, I, I get it. Keep your head up. You know, don't leave your feet. All the things they teach you. But at the same time, like, some of these things are so bang, bang, and dudes are getting thrown out. It's just it's really unfortunate the games get affected by that. I don't like it one bit. Kyle, and then not only that, but not on this game, but then the next game. The kid Bumper Pool doesn't even get to play this week in the first half. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. All right, so when the rule was made, I understand it. Concussions were like a big thing, and we were player safety and all these other things. But, all right, the, 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 we, so you, lower the, you move the target areas. You do different things. You can't hit a quarterback with so many ways. <laughs> all right, it's, you're doing all these things, and it benefits the offense, and that's fine because I'm a defensive guy. So I look at it from the other side all the time. But, Kyle, what are you supposed to do at any point where – you know, he moves his head, and now all of a sudden, like I, I got fined thirty-five, twenty-eight thousand dollars, Kyle, in the end up by the NFL for hitting Matt Hasselbeck on a blitz when I was going to hit him dead square in his chest, and he threw the ball and ducked in my, and I was aimed right where I was aimed, right, and I'm coming full speed, right. He throws the ball and ducks, and but your intent didn't matter. It, none of it mattered, right. Twenty-eight thousand because lighter. you hit a quarterback in the head. Yeah, 28,000 or 28,000 lighter, you know. Yep. That's what it was. Damn, that sucks. That sucks. But, I mean, look, and I get it. you got to protect these guys because you've seen too many head injuries and all the other stuff that goes with this conversation. But you got to be able to do better than that. you got to be able to do better than that, man. I don't like it, and you're punishing the amateur more than the professional. Can we shout out before we go? Can we yeah, shout out the I'm captain? Ready. I'm ready to go. we got to shout out the captain. All right, let's Derek shoot Jeter. that. Yeah, Inducted man. into the Baseball Hall of Fame today. I'm not a Yankees fan, but yeah, I'm not he's either. great. But you can't help but respect that He's guy. great. Just as, as a pro athlete. I mean, Mr. Clutch, best resume of celebrity dating in the history of I was going to say, athletes. Kyle, you have to give a shout-out to his off-the-field has been legendary. Jessica Alba, Minka Kelly, Scarlett Johansson. I mean, he's up there with George Clooney, though. Mariah Carey, is he, Jessica is he, Biel. He's up there with George Clooney, right? Oh, I, I, he might have the crown. <laughs> he may have the crown. Like, this man is a Hall of Famer in every sense of the word. I, man, the little kid that was the meme, the respect. Like, there are very few Did Americans. you see the little kid? He was actually went to the Hall of Fame? Yes. He, like, he grew up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's exactly what should have happened. It's exactly what should have happened. And Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer in every sense of the word. There are very few, there are very few authentic American icons. I think Derek Jeter has reached American icon status. You, you know, I mean, back in the day, Joe Namath was a guy. All right. Wilt Chamberlain obviously has done more than anybody could ever think of. Oh yeah. So well, and like there are there are famous athletes who transcend sports. Most yes. don't. You know, some you know by their first name. Derek Jeter's just one of those classic American icons. I agree. Captain, he played for the right team too. Captain of the New York Yankees, yes. starting shortstop, Hall of Famer, uh, you know, Bachelor to the Stars. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just legendary tales, and somehow managed to keep it all quiet. Yeah. Like, it, it, Never a hint of a scandal, right? No, no scorned Mariah Carey's or nobody was mad. Nobody was mad. They got their iPads, their <laughs> gift bags, their limo out the back door. Nobody was mad. Bottle service the next time he saw him, and he kept everybody. This man again, American icon, and I don't think he's fully appreciated because the Yankees are so hated. But Derek Jeter is an American classic. So do you think? Yeah, you're right, man. I right? I mean, I there's no. I don't think there's any debating it. And he was he wasn't a unanimous. Was he? The man had a walk-off base hit in his final game as a New York Yankee. This is what he does. It's what he does. I mean, he was – he was. I mean, he can't be Mr. Clutch because no. that's uh, Reggie Jackson. Well, right? at least Mr. October. Yeah, right, okay. But, I mean, he's – I mean, again, Derek Cheater, 
They just don't make many like that guy. I know they don't love him in Miami. With the, I think they like him a little more these days. So They probably like A-Rod more. Huh? Yeah, they probably like A-Rod a little more. All right, look, I'm, there's like six things that I meant to talk about with you, but uh, it's getting late. I got to roll. And this after dark thing, man. You and I have a busy weekend ahead. We do, man. It's going to be fun, though. Trying to, I'm trying to, well, I was trying to plan a special guest for the next podcast, and maybe we still do, but we got 41 coming up next. So we'll see. We'll see. I got a, no, I got a person in mind. Well, so did I. I texted you about him today, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't know. We'll see where that one goes. I was talking about the number. They have to oh, I know that. I, I, <laughs> my bad. All right, I, I whiffed on that one. All right, we got to roll. We'll talk to you next time. Episode 41, the Roman Harper of episodes coming up next. We appreciate you being with us. Roman Harper, good work. Appreciate that. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other.